Sally. I behold Love only Talk God. Radio. On a mountain, in a valley, I behold only God. In hardship, I see him by my side. In ease and well-being, I behold only God. Like a candle, I melted amidst the sparks of the flames. I behold only God. Good morning. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio. This is Mara, and that is a quote by Rabia the Mystic. Uh, my co-host is here, Bob. Good morning. How are you today? You know what? I am doing very well, very well, and I hope our listeners are too. It is an amazing time for me right now, and so I'm, uh, I feel like my destiny is being fulfilled. <laughs> And there will be more to come. Like, I'm sorry. I said it doesn't get any better than that, does it? Unless it's illegal. I don't. I think you're right. <laughs> you're funny. <laughs> now a friend yeah. of mine, Dad, says that I'm doing so good. If I were doing any better, it would be illegal. <laughs> I love it. Think about it. Yeah, it's a great. Oh, that's beautiful. That is beautiful. I know uh, for me, I um, I think that at one point my brother told me that my life would be fulfilled. And I think that's probably a truism for everyone. But doesn't, if I say to you, Bob, your life will be fulfilled, doesn't that feel phenomenal? It feels phenomenal, and it feels a little awkward and hard to believe sometimes. Yes, exactly, it uh, does. It's one of it those does. things like, Bob, you're going to win the lottery, and I'm sitting here looking at all these lottery yeah. tickets I haven't checked the numbers on yet. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, thinking, well, first got to play to, you got to play to win, right? And Yeah, you have to play to win. So you have to, uh, you have to believe that, and and go about doing the things so that your life is fulfilled and not focus on large. It leads right into our topic today. Oops, it does. I just started a new version of Windows on my machine, and it just went blank on me. Um, focus on those who lift you up. <laughs> exactly. While you're, lo- <laughs> while you're locating yep. it, I'll, I'll give it. <laughs> it Thank does. That's what I thought. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> you're, you're not going to fulfill anything in your life if you're focusing on the negative and always um, thinking of all the things that are wrong or could be better. It, 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 so we need to always yeah. remember not to focus so much on what, what other people say or do and, and take... Uh, fresh look at everything every day. It's much, much Absolutely. easier than done, of course. <laughs> it it truly is. It truly is. And I um I had as I said to you, I had this great um quote about Yogananda because so much of what uh when we're focusing on is we tend to allow our minds to become absorbed with those who put us down. 
you know, who who question us. And we we seem as a species to lack confidence, or at least some of us, in in the idea that we we are valuable beings, we have a purpose, and that purpose may not be readily apparent to everyone else, but it should be apparent to us. <laughs> you know? And and so you, go ahead, I'm sorry, go ahead. Exactly. We do we do we do, do uh we we tend to do that as a species for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what what made it what made us get to a point in 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 the evolutionary cycle or however you want to phrase that that we became so disconnected from ourselves in a way then that we we don't feel that we can connect to ourselves unless we um, give some of us away to those that aren't necessarily on your team, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like we... we, I don't know. I don't 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 know if there's an answer or or there's at least a PhD thesis and a lot of money to be spent to research on that. (laughs) Yes. Yes. But I think talking yeah. today maybe about some practical ways that we can can overcome that and help us not to do that so much is what, what we kinda I think rather than doing all the research to figure out why a lot of times is and Mike and I talk about this a lot is okay, well you spent all this money and all this energy on figuring out the why. Did it really matter? You don't have a solution. We should be building solutions and coming up with ways to uh to make it better rather than focus so much on the why, why, why. Yeah. How did we get here? So how do we how do we get how do we get out of here? <laughs> yeah. It really yes. be the question. Yeah, yeah, what what where are we on our, our journey? You know what's interesting is I had this great um quote I told you about earlier and so I thought, well, gee, I'll just pull it up on the internet. And I set, I think that in light of what you were just saying and in light of our topic, it is amazing because when I'm looking for the quotes of Yogananda on criticism, I instead um, have now pulled up quotes of Yogananda. Criticism of Yogananda, not quotes, criticism. I'm so uh, surprised that I am left speechless Criticism of Yogananda, who organization, folks, for those of you who are listening, is called the Self-Realization Fellowship. And these quotes, not only these criticisms, excuse me, I keep wanting to say, um, are, are absolutely amazing that someone who lives a life of trying to help others realize their value and love themselves and their connection to God is accused of all of this vile stuff. I'm not going to read it because it took my breath away, Bobby, because you know where Yogananda stands in my heart. So how many years ago did I send you to Yogananda? (laughs) I mean, it was probably... I was actually thinking this morning while I was taking a shower that same question, I thought, I was thinking how long that we've been friends and how we had met at the grocery store 
through another friend, and then we started, and we used to talk on the phone all the time. And then that kind of, now I never talk on the phone unless it's work-related, right? I don't either. Um, I don't either. Or the show, we all just text and email. But we used to talk, and anyway, I, I figured out it was 2001. And yes, you used to talk about Yogananda, and you sent me the book, and or I, no, actually, I think you sent me a different book, right? You sent me the book, oh, Elizabeth something, uh, I can't remember. I, I do the book that, that talks about, it's called The Initiation First. The Initiation, that's right. And, yes. and I found the Yogananda book by accident, mm-hmm. <laughs> or there are no accidents, right? I happened to find that yeah. when I was in just browsing somewhere and kind of, Got on the bottom of the, got on the floor for some reason to read another book, and it stuck. It was stuck between two. Uh, I had directed pictures. you to read the autobiography. <laughs> right, and, and it and it presented itself stuck between two yeah. uh, frames at a store <laughs> in Sedona, and yeah. I happened to be sitting on the floor reading a book, and getting another book, and saw that there, and I was like, huh. So I know. Yeah, you know we've I know. been talking about Yogananda for a long time, and I've I've never read any criticism about him, but I don't know that I've ever gone to the internet, and that's you know the perfect place to find criticism on anything. Absolutely, maybe we should put in criticism and put our names in, but I don't really want to know. That's about what we're supposed to focus on those who lift us up, and I have to tell you, folks, Yogananda lifts me up. He says, "Live quietly in the moment and see the beauty of all before you." the future will take care of itself. Yeah, there's not there's not much about... Uh, <laughs> I, I can't think of anything that, that one would, would criticize Yogananda, but there, there's probably no topic or no person that has no criticism somewhere. And the more in the of public life, the more, the, more the more criticism they'll find. Yes. But I think the people yes. that are probably most successful and in that uh, are ones that don't necessarily focus on that criticism, whereas folks that, you know, will, would go there and start reading all of the things about themselves that people are writing. Um, yeah. What do we call them today? The haters. <laughs> if you're reading all the things from yeah. the haters, it's, it's that negative energy, you're allowing that into your spirit and, in, and into your energy. And if you can... Keep from looking at that criticism. Constructive criticism is a different thing, and I think constructive yeah. criticism can only really come from people that are really close to you, or that, yes. that maybe you work with, that are colleagues that you work with. I don't think I can constructively criticize someone that I don't know or haven't had a conversation with. Yeah, I can't either. I mean, I do find it uh, it very interesting that. This because I don't believe in coincidences, and I find it very interesting that this unsettling start to my day began by seeing all of this stuff, you know. And I didn't, I just looked at the titles, and it was enough to say, Whoa, I don't want to be on the stage because <laughs> it's not going to serve me. But I do think there is, there is definitely a distinction. Uh, between constructive citizen, uh, criticism, and I think that usually constructive criticism arises, as you indicated, in the workplace. And right. it is, you know, it's something, or or when you're providing a service, excuse all the sound, I'm uh, 
<laughs> How funny. I am uh, looking for my Yogananda quote now. But um, <laughs> I've got to see. I've got to share this with everyone since I'm so, you know, looking at it. You're it's not, crazy. You're not one yeah, to give up. <laughs> yeah, I'm not one to give up now. I'm I'm going to look for it here. But but the thing is, I think when all is said and done, that within the workplace, even criticism is 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 difficult. I think it is difficult for all of us to find out that someone else doesn't have the same view of us as we have of ourselves. And that someone does not have the same view of our work product as we have of ourselves, our work product, of our own work product. Yeah. And yeah. and then it becomes this, this challenge to listen to what they said, not from a place of ego or defensiveness, but instead to hear what they are saying to you uh, to see if, in fact, you would benefit from doing that. And I I work with um, young attorneys and uh, all the time. And so I do hear, um, you know, I'll say, I'll hear this argument. And, and it's interesting because many times it is not a way I would have looked at it, but it is so beguilingly simple and clear and it's such a realization that the world is changing, you know, and um, and just it, it's very astute at times. And I, and then of course I have to adjust my thinking about what is right. And isn't that what it's all about, folks? Our egos and what is right. And um, and so when somebody criticizes us, we we get caught in in a cycle of trying to deal with that criticism and how are we going to do it? Are we going to reject it out of hand? And that is why, oh, here we go. That is why I would like to, Bob, it's been a long time since we've read anything, but I would like to read part of this because what I found beguiling and simple is some instruction on how to deal with criticism. And just... Very fundamental, very basic. It was written in 1928, and I must have saved this to my computer a very long time ago because uh, it's in like 1997 Word. So I hope people people (laughs) see the humor of that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, although there might be people that still use that version. (laughs) Right, exactly. Most of the investments in software these days, we don't have to, we can live without. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. It is telling, though, when you look at at our society, it does look at uh, versions of software to determine when things are done now. I know, I know. What is amazing, and perhaps some, at some point we should talk about it, is is just how connected we are to the internet. I and and our phones make that possible. It's like a Star Wars event, 
anymore, you know. Uh, and I'm old enough. Uh, I am 66, listeners, and so I've seen a lot of changes. Uh, I saw TV before it was black, when it was black and white, before it was color. And um, I, I've actually was very little, but lived in a home when there was no TV at all. So uh, the world has definitely changed, and are we spiritually keeping up with that change, or are we looking for quick answers? And there are sometimes not quick answers. Yesterday when I was in Starbucks, the place was just jam-packed, which I was not used to in the remote area where I live, and everyone was tapping on their cell phone. Everyone. Yeah, and people were together, and I don't know if they were communicating together on their cell phone, but very interesting. I mean, just click, 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 and and at what point do we need to do what you did last week, Bob? Take the little technology break and uh, not use the cell phone. For I went for five days. I did. I did use my cell phone for texting and a couple things, but no Facebook, no email. My laptop is turned off for those five days, and well, it was a little tough the first couple of days, to be honest with you, because we're so used to getting such a rush of information, and it kind of perpetuates that uh, I want it now, 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 and that everything has a quick answer because we think we can we can Google everything and it'll it'll all yeah. just work out. We'll be fine. We've got the answer there, yeah. but. But that's just not the case in some in some instances. There's not a resolution on Google, so yeah, learning learning to relax. And I think we all we all can. Uh, there, there will probably be uh, there probably are already, and I just don't know uh, rehab for people that are uh, so attached to technology that it. I think in some cases it probably uh, interferes with your everyday life, and and the, your focus ends up being on that, and a lot of that, allowing a lot of that negative stuff that comes in. Even just say just Facebook, the amount of negative things you see there that uh, people either write or post themselves or reply to a post that that you're allowing all of that into your you know, to to come in contact with your energy and and you, and bring it down. You you don't see too many um, great stories on Facebook. Just you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of complaining. There's a lot of yeah. uh, uh, things that people shouldn't say, in my opinion, on Facebook. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and you know, another thing too just popped into my head is we. How many times, you know, do we allow the, the negative other person uh, to take our energy? How many times do we call someone or text and say, oh, my God, the greatest thing happened to me today? That's yes. probably on the, on the lower end of the percentage realm, whereas it's like, you can't believe what this bitch just did. <laughs> There's more yeah. what we, you know, communicate about. We don't tend to say, oh, my gosh, I was at the grocery store today and there was such a nice person there and they let me in front of them in line. You know, you might go yeah. home and tell yeah. your significant other that, but you don't you know, make a point of telling your friends that, hey, something really nice happened. Someone just did this nice thing for me today. 
But boy, are we quick to start texting and calling and Facebooking when that bitch did this again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. How many times? How many times do we turn to God when we're happy? <laughs> you know, and say, exactly. you know, yeah. hey. This is great, you know. So here we are having this high-tech discussion, and so I want you to visualize a space. I'm on, I'm on the seafoam couch now because I use that for regular. I'm sitting here. I have in front of me our studio, all right, and then I have beside me another computer because I couldn't get this to print, so I could read this Paramahasa Yogananda quote. And I had my and I have my iPad here just in case and I'm talking on my cell phone. Now <laughs> I have I have uh there's an iPad over in one in the corner there that hasn't been touched in a long time. I'm on my cell phone. I have uh, the computer that I'm logged into the studio. I have a computer next to that that belongs to a client who we have to access their system with. There's a computer to my left that rarely gets used anymore, and there's one to my right on the floor that gets used once in a while. So, yep, we all have all these all these gadgets and backups, backups to our gadget because we want yeah. to get out there. Yes, and and when someone says something in the workplace that is challenging to our construct of things, most people, I, I notice lately, at least in my t- line of work, tend to go first to prove they are right or to find out if they are wrong. And let's 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 put things, try to cast them in a positive way. So they go first to find out if they are wrong. Unfortunately, in today's world, in my world at work, that's very easy because the law is what it is. Now, how you read it may be different. And so I I may, after I have said something, although I tend, I like to think that we tend to talk through things in my office, but, you know, so we'll look at it and I'll say, well, this word troubles me. This is what I'm seeing here. Why don't you go and check and see if there's been any court ruling on this word? Okay, so for us, um, if every lawyer agreed on what the law said, there would be no need for lawyers, <laughs> you know, because Just we can have one person. <laughs> I think that's, you know, I think because we all live in our own uh, careers, right, in, our, in, in that yes. for, for a majority of the day, right, with, if yes. we take out the time that we're sleeping, we probably spend more time with our colleagues and with work than we do anyone else. And yes. so we all kind of live in that world. And and I think what, what you just said is probably pretty much universal when it comes to yes. workplaces that, you know, you have your, your, your maybe your departmental rules and your uh, company policies and then, you know, some, some uh, part of just common sense, hopefully, yeah. uh, yes. that, that all... That all can be tried and tested, and we can all uh, come to some kind of conclusion of what's right or wrong, whether we have law behind it or not. I think we can we can all still relate to to your to your situation there because 
office politics or probably just office politics everywhere. <laughs> I think you're probably right there. I think you are. And and so I think that in terms of the workplace, even though that was not necessarily the topic we were going to talk about, or it is a part of the topic we're talking about. I think is, it has a lot is, to do with the topic we're talking about because we do have, that's where we spend most of our time is in the workplace, and I think that's exactly. where we find that that we give people our energy, whether because the uh, different types of people, right? Me, I might mm-hmm. argue and argue and argue. And I work for myself, so I don't argue with anybody anymore. But, I mean, there are other people that work here, but we all work at home, so we don't have those types of politics. But we're in people's right. offices all the time, so we see it. But I think people spend a lot of time one worrying about or giving up their energy to the other people that they work with and allow them to abuse them so that they can get along or they'll start looking for a new job. And I think, you know, part of this, I think it really does focus on uh, who lifts you up. Because if you're a leader in your organization and you're a, you have to make sure you don't allow, very difficult to do, and you've helped me through this in, in one situation several years ago, actually, where Thank you. um, where your message to me was, you have to be the leader here and show what show how uh, treating people right is. And you know, maybe they didn't have a good example before. Maybe the you know they're, they're challenging you because you're new there. Uh, any of those things, and and that's where we spend so much time, and we allow yes. people to take their yes. energy either because. You want to be right, and you're going to argue and and say and just be mean and nasty all the time, as some people are, and there's other people that just say, here, take my energy, I don't care, I'm just here to get my job done and and, uh, don't take, you know, don't take sides anywhere, which which is just as damaging. Yeah, it's it's a very... Go ahead. No, I, I think it, I think it is because I there I I tend and this may people may hear this as a pacifist thing, but I think it was in one of Neil Donald Walsh's books. I think it says, "Do do you want to be? No, you know what? It's the four agreements. Do you want to be at peace or do you want to be right?" So it's Don the Galleries, and so. Yeah. You know, which is more, more important to you, to be to be at peace or to be right? And cause some, because the reality is what is right is such a flexible standard because of each person's perceptions. And, you know, we we are coming on here, folks, and we understand that some of the words we're saying and some of the ideas we're saying, we say week after week after week. We're not saying them to bore you. And, and in fact, we question at times whether you even need to hear us anymore. But we say them because it seems like there may be just one person out there who hasn't yet heard it, pardon me, who hasn't yet put it into their quiver and recognized what we are saying and in this particular instance where there's as many versions as right as there are people exactly or as the old thing goes there's there's as many opinions as there are rear ends (laughs) to be polite (laughs) exactly i mean we we can read you and say this is what someone else 
saying, uh, in my field, that's what we do all the time, but I can have, there's multiplicity of people who can read that same thing and feel or hear something different, getting a different tone to a different word, and so a different, you know, focus. And so as a consequence, you know, there there is just righteousness is dangerous. Now, we all have it. It's not something like only a few people have. I mean, each and every one of us have it. And I honestly believe, uh, and I would be interested, Bob, in your thought on this. I honestly believe that what most people do, they believe is right. I I have to agree with that. I don't think that anyone takes on something. Unless you're in the devil's advocate role, you're not usually saying something that you don't believe in. Uh, Sometimes you may not be educated on a topic enough to really understand what you're talking about, and we find that at times. But but the bottom bottom line there still is it's what you believe. So I could say, it just reminded me of one of the worst things that someone could ever do to somebody is at least... I remember my, uh, I remember once my dad told me, I don't care if the sky is blue, if your stepmother tells you it's green, you agree that it's green. And, and you know I would never do that. <laughs> so it mm-hmm. causes for a lot of things. That comes for a lot of uh, trouble. <laughs> um, yes. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, if she really believed the sky, the sky was green, in her case it might have been just to be mean, but. Um, but yeah, I, I think most people, most people probably, most of the time, do believe what they're saying to be true, and don't. And you know, truth be told, it may be that it's neither what you're thinking or their or their thinking is right. It's a, some combination of both. In many cases, I think there's not a whole lot of stuff except maybe in math and and then some sciences and law where you know, there's an absolute correct answer. Well, even in the law, what there is, is in my opinion, is an absolute defensible opinion. And uh, that, you know, and that comes from, uh, but I don't think it's necessarily the only correct answer because there will be just as many other lawyers who will come back and say you're wrong. And that's why in the dynamics of a law firm, what happens is there's a lot of discussion and you trust the people that you are working with to complete all the research right down to the Nat's eyebrow. And then they come and based on their experience, their knowledge that has grown as a result of the research they're doing, this is their recommendation. You know, this is what they are recommending. And when it's going out over your name or under your name, whatever, wherever your name is placed, uh, you do want that. <laughs> you know, you want to have a defensible accord. And so that's where I might see uh, something where I would question, well, what about this or what about that? And um, ideally, that person will be able to answer the question, but universally, they will be able to go and find the answer to those questions. And so when you come out, you have a what I call a legally defensible position, but I would never say it's the only right position. If it was, then we would only need me to be the lawyer. <laughs> with my yeah. with my minions, yeah. with my people helping me. 
and th- and things change, right? I mean, things the mm-hmm. society changes. Uh, uh, Absolutely. A lot, a lot of people like to hold on to old uh, traditions, and I know they say they don't, but you know, truth be told, a lot of us are more comfortable with without change. I think that you know is a part of that is part of lifting. You is is working, understanding that other people are going through change. So that may be a part of them feeling less as well that they that they're they're they, they don't adapt to change. In fact, in fact, was, there was a I had a a text this morning and um, long 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 story. But to make a long story short, uh, how can I do a little analogy on this without going? Um, this person isn't the most doesn't. While they're while they're an intelligent person and I respect them and and we're good friends, uh, they don't like change very much. And I had texted something along the lines of, "Well, I think it's great. There's a lot of new things to learn on there, and it's it's going to be good. I like it." And then in her reply was, <laughs> "Oh, I went the other way because there was nothing that I had to learn." Oh, okay. We both made predictions of, of of an item, and one need required a lot of uh, uh, a lot of uh, learning, and the other lets you stay within your comfort zone. And yeah. you know, <laughs> so not everyone wants to change. And in, and in this case, I mean, it's it's the car, <laughs> so you know, who it's it's really irrelevant <laughs> whether you want yeah. to. Uh, so my my point here is is that sometimes it's really irrelevant what 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 people might argue about you know I what what I like yeah. is I like to change and see things evolve and like to see new technology and and learn stuff all the time. Other people are just quite content to uh, stay where they're at technologically and and maybe have just uh, still have a flip phone <laughs> just yeah. because they don't yeah. want to, they don't care to learn about. Uh, new technology, and it, while I would argue that it's going to help you and make your life easier, they would they would argue that no, I can go look in a cookbook for a recipe for egg, to how to cook eggs Benedict. I don't need to go to the internet because I have twenty five cookbooks, <laughs> and and yes. neither one of us are right. <laughs> so yeah, you know, I think that. Um... I think the the deal is so many times, Bob. Oh my gosh! How amazing! Well, I just I think maybe we're not going to hear Yogananda today because the computer, other computer, which is my old one, just shut down on its own, and I'm not going to look at criticism of Yogananda to get to criticism to his ideas about criticism. So we'll talk about that later. But yes, I think the change is a big deal. And I haven't turned that computer on in a while and it started up updating. Yeah, yeah, it's doing whatever it's doing and and it, that's that's fine. Because the fundamentally what he said to do is something that is just almost common sense if one thinks about it. It, it truly is, and we can talk about that in a moment. So let's move. I did not mean to interrupt again. I just thought I do believe what is meant to be is meant to be. And since I printed it and I can't find where I printed it, 
And um, now the computer has shut down. The index. I just look at the index of the book, and it's not criticism is not a word in the in the index. <laughs> I know. I saw that. I looked in my books too. I thought, well, maybe I'll just read it from the book. But I think when you were talking. To go back to what you were saying, excuse me for having digressed. The thing is, is, is change for some people means that what happened before was wrong. So it's not like it's an evolutionary movement. It's we're back again to those magic words of right and wrong. And people get caught up in that that desire to be right above all else and they um and and therefore they have this emotional stake this this emotional involvement in the way it was because if you change it it's not just that they're going to grow there's this little bit of a, a feeling for many people that what you were saying is the way they were doing it was wrong. Mm-hmm. And I think that that, I think that is a challenge too. So, um, you'll, you're, 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 some people would have the mindset that, well, if I change how I think about this, then I'm actually accepting defeat, Right. So I've been wrong this whole time, and and I've maybe have made it very clear and very loudly my opinions on things that if I were to uh, evolve, it would mean that I have to admit defeat. And and we don't, and and we're never going to put ourselves in that situation. That's not human nature to me for one to. Put themselves in that in in a position to say, "Oh, by doing this, I'm going to be defeated." And if we can change that uh, mindset to, you know, we're all evolving over time, and we're all changing based on on new technologies that are created, on discoveries of new subatomic particles, or whatever the new discoveries are, and you know. I think we we tend to fear those things that are new instead of embracing them and trying to find out about them because it will make us say we're defeated. And we need to... Yeah. It's kind of nonsensical because you're keeping yourself in the past. But it's, uh, you know, we can call it a generational thing, but, you know, and in some cases it may be, but sometimes it's not even necessarily just a generational thing. You can There's things you know, intergenerational that, you know, for, based on maybe where you were born and what uh, faith your parents uh, followed or religion. There's so many factors in it. You know, we all just remember that uh, to val- value ourselves and value others and that it's okay to uh, it, to progress and that doesn't mean that we were wrong in the past. It means we didn't have all the information to make a great decision. Right, right, right. And, and and why is it that we as human beings 
live on this perilous tightrope without where we don't feel that there's a net below us where we have to be perfect when we are only perfect in our unison is all one. I mean, to me, that's that's kind of the deal. And you know, folks, I, I we try very hard not to espouse any faith on here because we believe any faith that you follow that gives you peace is the right faith for you on your journey to recognition of all that is on your journey through life. So uh, unfortunately, we've talked about the fact week before last about there, there, there is enough God to go around. We're all talking to the same God. We're all praying to him. We all come from the same God. But for some reason, we think there's not enough God. So that creates strife between us at times. And when I'm saying us, I'm just talking about the human species here. But there are certain realities in this and as we move through this life we journey through all sorts of lessons and and some of those lessons come from being criticized by others and uh, but I can tell you my mom when she passed if I had a doubt that there was something beyond being there with my mother when she passed, obliterated that doubt because she was the cutest little thing I've ever seen. I have her in an emergency room uh, before I took her home, and she says, this is my daughter, Margaret. Have you met her? This is my daughter, Margaret. And over and over and over again, she's introducing me to all these people. And I was so I was so blessed at her recognition and remembrance of me. But what I was especially blessed about, because it tells me about the end of the journey, is she said to me, Margaret, it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Now, I'm not using that in the human construct of what beauty is, you know, roads of gold and all of this stuff. I'm using it in the spirit concept that when we end our days and become one with all that is, there there is a peace and existence that that encompasses everything. And so she says, you know, it's so beautiful. And that's the promise in every faith. The problem is, for whatever reason, because of the existence of the various faiths, there's a belief that there's not enough room. Even though Jesus, if you're a Christian, told us that there are many mansions. There's plenty of space for everybody. And certainly that is the blessing of the Torah that is the blessing of the Quran. That is the blessing of everything. And that's the blessing of this man, Paramahasa Yogananda, uh, that I did ultimately get his quote for you today. How amazing. It just came to me, Bob. It's, it, I'm serious. It's on my laptop. <laughs> and I'm going, is this a blessing or what? But it's our interconnection together. And maybe that's what that is an example of. It's our interconnection together with what is and what 
and using a very broad, expansive definition of that, that perfection is found. And yet we live on this tightrope in life where we're walking across and the and the gators are beneath us and the gators are all the naysayers and the people who are judging us and they say, no, put your foot here, put your foot here, put your foot here. And we get so caught up in the tightrope that our chests are tight. We're afraid to live life. Even when you know the ultimate reality, folks, there are days I'm afraid to live life. That I am going to be leaving, I'm going to climb in a car, and I'm going to, without any fanfare, no elephant lifting me up, no no music, no crowds of audiences cheering me on, I'm going to climb up on a tightrope. How many of you experience that, you know? How many of you are walking a tightrope where you are trying to meet the expectations of others? Our call-in number is 646-595-3584. We'd love you to call in and talk to us about the tightrope of life that you're walking and how it is that you are keeping your focus, where you are keeping your focus. Because at the beginning of the show, I am liberated because I am keeping my focus on those who lift me up. I cannot please everyone. I am aiming to climb off the tightrope. 646-595-3584. If you haven't noticed, and most of you won't notice because you listen to us after the show, we expanded our show. And Bob, I think it was a good idea. We're already at 44 minutes. We've expanded it to an hour and a half so that we can have some contemplative silence um, at some point in the beginning, and I think we're still in the beginning, as well as at the end. And so, Bob, I don't know if you want to add anything to to what I just said, and I don't know um, if you would like to, if you feel this is a good point to take it. Yeah, so I, I agree with what you said. You know, we all get in the, we all go about life and a lot of times feel like there's no one there with us and as long as, um, <clears throat> we should always know that there are folks with us and that there's people out there that, that love you and care for you and that you are right where you're supposed to be right now. One of the, one of the things that I was thinking of this morning was that uh, with the new format with a little bit longer time, because we were spending more time talking and not getting to the meditations that we liked to do during the show, one the, in the beginning portion and one at the end, that we would expand the show for that time. And if we if we use it, we use it. If we don't, we're when we're finished, we're finished. But so today... Um, kind of to go back to the let's talk about what are some of the things that we can do to help focus on those who lift us up is meditation. So when we're feeling down and we feel that we need to, I mean, I think meditation is a good thing every day, every day to do as much as you can and to have a practice that that 
takes a little time out of your day to uh, recharge and and let you, let the chatter in your brain go down because we have so much chatter, and I think the chatter just gets bigger and bigger and bigger as we get more and more in technology. There's so many things coming at us from so many different places. You've got the TV on, and they're talking. The ticker's going at the bottom. You're on your phone listening to that, and you're pretending to talk to the person next to you. All of this coming in is, has our minds racing, and uh, meditating can help push that chatter away and focus on... Uh, clearing that chatter out and and in that chatter there's a lot of negative energy that's there that we can push aside and it gives us that time to not focus on the people that are bringing us down and lifting ourselves up because we need to lift ourselves up too in order to appreciate the people that are that are out there lifting us up with us so Uh, I thought for today that we would work on the throat chakra as a place to, uh, it's it's the center of communication. It's also a a spot of creativity. So when we communicate and we have clear communications, I think that makes us more creative. Otherwise, we're stifling that creativity if we're not communicating And communicating may not just mean uh, communicating and talking to someone else and making sure that they understand your point of view. It's also communicating with yourself and taking that time to to listen to your to your inner self and 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 work through things because we all have things to work through, right? So. the throat chakra is located right where right where you would think, right around your throat area. And uh, there's some things that uh, you might notice that, you know, that you might need to uh, spend some time working on your throat chakra might be that you have a weak voice, you have a sore throat, you have a cold, some of these things. Um, chakras are just different part pieces of energy in our body that all need to work together to keep us healthy, both spiritually and physically. And we need uh, sometimes uh, when we've allowed negative energy or negative thinking into our bodies, a lot of times we feel sick. And that may be because we need to empower ourselves with uh, re-energizing certain chakras within our body so we're able to help overcome those without taking medicine. And a lot of times, that you know, people go to the doctor and it's like, you know, that's really in your head. I, I think if we were to look at that a little bit more, it's really your, your, your body is out of balance. The energy in your body is out of balance. So, uh, kind of what I've been thinking is I'll do a, a different chakra every week, and I think this week it goes with the topic most, and in and, and my opinion, is communication, and that's in the throat chakra. So we'll do some... I'm actually going to ask you to take your your bowl out, if you have it there handy, and uh, a couple of times... Maybe, I have a new one. Maybe, it sounds better. All right. So... I think that helps with the throat chakra because as we listen to that, I I I, I think that is uh, 
helps to balance all of our chakras, really, but it, it helps with communication and helps us connect. So what I use personally for meditation, I usually ground rock. And you can go online and they'll tell you which rocks you can use for which chakras and uh, what have you. I sometimes go with, you know, what's supposed to be, you know, if it's the blue area, it's probably a blue rock. I tend to um, gravitate towards clear crystals a lot of times, and and that's what I have today, and I just hold it in my hand. It kind of gives me something to do um, because there's so much chatter in your your mind. Sometimes it helps to have, to hold something if... uh, you need that as uh, maybe uh, something to to focus on as well as as you go through meditation. I know it helps me. If it helps someone else, that's great. Other people are maybe further along in their meditation practice that they can that they don't use a, use stones or it's just not something that you do. Uh, I'm going to turn on a little music here and get started. The and what we'll do is we will use a um, some music that we'll, we'll use to take us through the meditation, and Mara will use the singing bowl at times, and she'll know when to do it. <laughs> beautiful. And what we're going to do is we will use a uh, a mantra as we go through the meditation, and we'll we'll just say over and over that I am worthy and I am enough. I am worthy and I am enough. So I'm going to start the music now, and we will uh, take off from there. So everyone. Uh, if you'll get into a comfortable position with uh, with crystals, if you have some, or if you prefer them, and keep in mind, I am worthy. I am enough. I am worthy, and I am enough. I am worthy. I am enough. So as we sit and pull in the positive energy through the bottom of our feet and we'll feel the energy blue energy light today we'll have blue light pulling that blue light up through our feet up through the center of our spine and pull the air and imagine that the air is blue light pulling the blue light up through your spine up through your stomach up through your throat Body up into your mouth and allow that energy to the blue light to push up off the top of your head and imagine that you see a blue light going up and down your spine. And that blue light is causing more we should be able to communicate better. And exhale and exhale all over the air out of your body and as you exhale the air, see the blue light become more blue and translucent that light and compass in your whole body and let all the stale, old, negative energy air out of your body 
the wire to release as you got all the breath on. So I'm pulling energy. And go, I am worthy. I am enough. I am worthy. I am enough. I am worthy. I am enough. Pull in the air. You see all the patterns that might be in your mind. Anything in your question mind, you just push it away. And you think about your breath. You think about blue light coming up and down your body. So you pull in the air. Keep in the air and fill your lungs. Fill them completely up and feel the energy of the oxygen in the sun. Along with the blue light. I am worthy. I am enough. I am worthy. I am enough. I am worthy. I am enough. As you exhale that air, exhale slowly, deliberately, push all of the air out of my lungs and the of the air, almost until you feel like you have to Gas back for air. But don't gas back for air. Use it as a, as a moment to think about how in the future with communication that you can, when you see all the music, say something that's not obvious to someone, but you kind of gasp and hold that and feel that you can never be. I am worthy. I am enough. I am worthy. I am enough. I am worthy. I am enough. We will sit and listen to the music as we allow our self to breathe in and out slowly and deliberately bring the blue light around us. By now we should see that blue light is getting bigger and bigger and filled with the pretty straight more connected. And you sit quietly and just chant to yourself, I am worthy. I am enough. 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 Hey, good afternoon. I am worthy. I am worthy. I am worthy. I am worthy. I'm okay, I am enough. I am enough. I am enough. Thank you. 
chanting there, your, your mind doesn't think of anything else. The chatter disappears. So I think for, for me, uh, having a mantra, it, it helps me to keep the chatter away because I'm, at least, I'm saying something and it makes me not think of anything else. Um, I guess if I were to say I had a goal, it would be that I could meditate more without having to do a mantra because that would mean I can push that chatter away without doing something else. And I'm one that's always goal-driven, so. <laughs> Aren't we all? Just we my just personality. <laughs> I think it's part of humanity. Uh, certainly, thank you. I agree with you, Bob, that uh, I think that having a mantra is, is valuable. Uh, is Certainly, as you commence that the process of uniting your breath with God's breath, and the reality is is you are never alone when you're on the tightrope, you're off the tightrope, you're always one with God, as we've said before, and getting yourself to a place where you can feel yourself enveloped by the spirit of all that is of God. However you get to God in your your doctrinal thinking doesn't matter to me if you have it or you don't have it. It's that when you are all one with God, there there is a sense of peace, of beauty that envelops you. And you don't have to wait to the end of time, till the point when you're passing, to experience that sense of peace that unity with all that is. And starting with a mantra is a way of beginning to remind yourself that the dis-ease, familiar word, disease, the dis-ease that you feel as a human being is natural because you are spirit. And you're a spirit that is in its total unity, used to or expectant of love, of people treating each other with respect and love. And so when you are not recognized as a loving being, when you are judged as less than, that is a jar to your spirit. That's that's a time when you need to go within and use a mantra to remind yourself of your beauty to remind yourself of your connection, to remind yourself that you are perfect in the whole but not in the individual because we're on a journey to the perfection. Not a journey to where we are perfect beings and can judge other people as being less than, 
but a journey to recognition that we are a part of all around us. I mean, it's no accident that everything is made up of the same elements on this planet. Everything. You, I, the rocks, the grass, the mountains. There may be some man-made elements out there, but they're probably made up of the same elements too. It's just that they're man-made. But, you know, (laughs) the reality is... In a way that it hasn't been done naturally in nature or that hasn't been expressed in nature that way. And who knows, someday you might find it in nature. (laughs) Yes. Because we haven't found everything yet. Yes, exactly. And that was a lovely, lovely uh, um, meditation, Bob. Thank you. And thank you for inviting me to play my bowl. That meant a lot. Thank you so much. I think since I did have finally the what apparently started off as the ill-fated quote from Paramahansa, <laughs> uh, I should probably at this point take a moment to read it. And, and it is a recognition. Thank you. Thank you. So when criticized, analyze thyself. Take a thorough look at, at thy life's activities. Through the uncompromising eyes of thy censors, survey and criticize thyself. If thou dost find fault in thyself, correct it quietly and walk on. If thou dost not find in thyself the fault whereof thou art accused, smile within and go on thy way in stoic dignity. If persecutors continue to jeer at thee and demand a response, answer with love, not anonymity. If thou dost hold a position in which others look to thee for light, answer or battle for truth with love in thy heart, not for thine honor or for fear of a bad name, but to uphold the glory and purity of truth. Let thine actions and words not be for the sake of victory, which I call ego, folks, nor for shaming others. I've never seen uh, blaming someone resolve a problem, nor to feed thy vanity, but only for truth. Love for truth, however, must always be tempered with the love of avoiding hurt to others. Defamation of others in the name of spreading truth or for the sake of one's own benefit is a sign of ego, an inner weakness, a desire to make oneself appear taller by cutting off the head of others. Fight not even for truth if love is not in thy heart. Hatred cannot be conquered by hatred. Meanness cannot be overcome by meanness. If in the guise of defending truth, hatred or vengeful or an inflated ego precipitates in thy heart a desire to battle thy detractors, forsake the fight. First, culture, love. Love is thy strength and thy greatest ally. Its salve will heal the wounds inflicted by the hatred of thine enemies, and love is never defeated. Even death in the attempt to conquer hatred is love's victory for the immortal soul. Those who hate and revile thee are not knowers of truth, 
Forgive them, for in their ignorance they know not what they do. As thou dost love to forgive thyself, no matter what thou hast done, love to forgive others as readily. To those who criticize thee and wrongly accuse thee, knowingly and deliberately give love unflinchingly. Let them be shamed by the steady gift of thy love in return for the poison they gave unto thee. Try to change them by thine unconditional love. No one who knows the love of God can hate or express meanness to any of his children. How canst thou hate or hurt thine own erring brothers? Hateful or loving, they are still thine own. Brothers who act out of hate in spite know not that law. If thou hatest them in return, thou wilt drown them in the flood of hatred. Rather, show them the lighthouse of love that they might swim ashore. Let thy love tell them of the ignorance of their erring ways. Show them the example that thou lovest them in spite of their hatred. Blessed are those who are criticized for doing good. A paradise of eternal bliss is theirs who live and die in right behavior. But woe unto them who out of jealousy, enmity, or self-interest malign and seek to harm the good name of those who are engaged in noble works. Sarcasm, slander, revengefulness, bias, untruth are poison shafts of evil that boomerang to inflict great karmic injury to the soul of the criticizer. I did not just read that because I don't believe in karma. Conquer vice by virtuous example, error by truth, hatred by love, ignorance by wisdom, fear by courage, narrow-mindedness by understanding, bigotry by liberality. Let these virtues, virtues begin with thyself. Be attentive to thine own mental housekeeping, and perchance others will be encouraged to get busy doing the same for themselves. Bottom line is when someone criticizes you, criticizes me, criticizes Bob, criticizes anyone, it puts you at a crossroads to decide how am I going to act and how am I going to manage this situation. I know that we discount the significance of I in our society. And we say, well, team doesn't have an I in it and we shouldn't have prayers for ourselves. But listeners, friends, I'm here to tell you that the only being you have control over is yourself. And with that, I'd like to invite the caller at 469 area code. Welcome to the show. Yes, greetings. I was just listening. Oh, greetings. What's your name? Stacy? Hi, Stacy. Thank you for joining Hello. us today. You're welcome. Wow. This is very good. I just tuned in a few seconds ago, but the vibration of this is just so, so accepting. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we yeah, that's, aim. That's what we, would, that's what we would want was to is to hope that people that are listening feel embraced and uh, welcome. 
Yes, thank and you. And we'll, we'll leave your mic open so that you can speak if you would like. Uh, and if you don't like and you just want to listen, please listen. We're, we're very pleased to have you here today. Our topic, since you did just turn in, is to focus on those who lift you up. Uh, yes. And uh, mm-hmm. and what I was um, talking about is at that moment when we you have been criticized, and we all have, we we have some choices about who we are going to be in the moment. And the only being that we have control over in the room at that point is ourselves. Now, we're never alone in that room. We always have God there with us, uh, you know, in the corner, hopefully right beside you, not in the corner, but always there. And mm-hmm. the in- inspiration is to recognize that God is there. And we have uh, someone else who has just called in. Bob, I'm going to just finish this thought, and then we will bring that listener in also, please. Um, the, the circumstance is the only person in the room that you can make decisions for is you. And so if you look contemplatively at what someone says and you respond as a caring human being, recognizing that everyone has a perspective, not taking responsibility for that which you don't own, but recognizing that other people may perceive something in a way other than you intended it to be, then you will keep peace and happiness in your moment. And the next caller, Bob, uh, is, are are you going to bring them in? Thank you. Hello. Area code 780. Hi. Oh, we're just listening to the show. Well, great. uh, Thank you. Yeah. Would Would you like to add something? Oh, it's you know interesting right now. I think a lot of people are going through stuff right now, and um, I don't know. I think we have to balance between the positive and negative. We can't be positive all the time. I think we only have this moment right now, so I think the we're. Oh, I think we focus sometimes on positive too much. We still have to look That's at awesome. the underlying truth about negative stuff too, or whatever is quote unquote bracket negative. So. I think there's a balance there, too. Well, I would agree with you. What was your name, please? Jay, calling from Canada. Hi, Jay, calling from Canada. Thank you for joining us. Jay, I don't think that we can ever ignore the negative, because if we do, then we are naive. There is both evil and goodness. Uh, Not trying to go to traditional religious-type terms, but there are. But when you live in the moment... The moment is infused with the energy that you bring into it. And I think each and every one of us end up focusing at times on the negative, but there has to be, in my opinion, a place where you say, "I, this is it. Okay, God, I don't know what lesson is in this for me, but this is it. I can't continue to let my mind be so totally occupied with the negative that I've lost track of who I am and now I am being that which I am accused of being. And I don't know if that's ever happened to you, but it's happened to me. You know, I've looked and I go, who is this person? This is not who I want to be. 
And at that point, I need to shake the negative from me and open myself up to being who I really am. And frankly, I'm happier and more at peace when I am positive. And I know that what Yogananda is saying, it sounds a little idealistic, but at 66 years, Jake, I can tell you, I started, I finally, after all these years, am starting to be able to live it that way. And I just find more peace. It doesn't mean I'm not climbing up on the tightrope of life, you know, but I'm finding more peace. And uh, so, but I don't want you to ever think that we think that you should ignore the negative side. First of all, you have to look at it to see what your part in it is in it. Um, And you also have to stand up against it at times. But there are ways to stand up that reflect your inner self better than others. And uh, kind of what I was saying, Bob, did you want to add something? Yeah, I agree. If we don't recognize the the negative and we don't uh, give any might to its existence, then then we wouldn't have wouldn't have any positive to put toward it. And sometimes we we do we see things through. Sometimes you have to see the negative to be positive too. I think in, in life we get if, if we weren't if we just come to to the present moment, if it weren't uh, something that we needed to be working on and looking at. So, you absolutely have to, to look at that and try to come home and understand it, but not so let it consume us and take us over. And exactly, and I think that's the point. To get back on to get back on to the to the road of loving yourself and loving those who are most important to you. And if there's someone in your life is bringing you down, sometimes it's better just to say, you know what, I love you, and for both of us, for both of our sakes, we need to. You know, depending on the, the situation, we either need to just move forward through the situation and and uh, live in the moment, or we need to uh, not have anything to do with one another anymore. And you know, sometimes that's that's the way it needs to be. We need to remove things that are super negative in our life and just despise it and let it go. Too many times I think we hold on to relationships that are that are harmful to us and bring us uh take away our peace and that, why do we do that? You know, there's Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And you know what, there's time oh I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, Stacy. You know, sometimes there are times of where I have experienced where it's neither negative or positive. Um, it's one of those things where I had to come out of myself and observe me being in a situation or even the thoughts in my own mind and just observe me observing the negative and the positive where I had to come out and it's neither. It's some majority of the time it's something that we have always we created these we created these feelings within ourselves and it's neither negative or positive. It's just something that we just need to just kinda of look at. Because there's intelligence in negative and positive and sometimes I don't like that old cliche when they say it is what it is, but 
I like to just kind of sit back and don't put a title on it and just feel what it is. And I found so much, um, I find so much of the truth in just kind of observing what that is without putting anything on it. You just feel it without putting a title on it. And you realize that it's such a peaceful, I I realize that it becomes such a peaceful a peaceful state at that time um, because a lot of times we'll look at the other person and think that they're negative, but more likely we're the ones that created all of these feelings and we're projecting that energy on them and we're feeding back the energy that we put over there and it becomes such a low vibrational energy. But once we start changing our mindset, then it becomes on a higher vibration and um, come to find out that person is not negative towards you at all. It's something that you projected on that in, on that person. And I find Wait, that to be... I agree with you. And so, sometimes we didn't ask that. We didn't even ask them. We just accepted what we felt. Right. Uh, yeah, right. We just, yeah, we just expected things to be our way. Yeah. yeah. You know, and yeah. Mm-hmm. you don't know the light if you don't know the see the dark. So how can you That's define the light if, if you haven't experienced the dark? And sometimes the dark is not really what we thought it was. And so it's exactly. keeping that open mind. Yeah. You That's know, so true. we're all teachers and students. We all, in every instance, we're teachers and students, and we're giving giving people chances to move towards a place that's peaceful for that person. And, and see, I don't have a general definition of what peace is. I, I know right. what I experience for peace. <laughs> exactly. You know? Yeah, yeah. I'm always fond of saying that I'm not protecting, I'm always protecting myself. I'm protecting me from you because it's not you, it's really myself, you know. So always give everyone the benefit of the doubt regardless because, you know, I I don't want to have to create a world that, you know, I, I just don't. I just want to be able to enjoy the world that's there and not try to create it of any other way because I might miss it, you know. I might miss that the turn where I need to go. But even when I turn where I think I'm not, that's where I'm supposed to be anyway, you know. So, yeah. 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 I mean, we – and I think that's what – Jake, I don't want to speak for you, but I I sense that that's kind of what you're saying about living, you know, in the moment. Uh, You know, the reality is the moment is, and I know I heard you, Stacey, but the moment is what it is. You know, we we are not the all creator of that moment. It came together however it came together. And I agree with you, Stacey, that each of us has an opportunity to, to... See beyond our preconceived ideas about what is right. And we did spend an awful lot of time talking at the beginning about righteousness and how there's uh, many, many, many different ideas about what is right. In fact, there's as many ideas about what is the right thing to happen in the moment as there are people in that moment and on this planet. Uh, and so there's, there's a lot of dynamics. And we cannot ignore... What may seem dark to me might seem light to someone else. What may seem negative right, to me right. may seem positive to someone else. And and mm-hmm. so that's the challenge. And I kind of use as my standard the one from Yogananda about not harming. 
or, or I think Pink Floyd had something too. Us, 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 and them, them, them. We're all just ordinary men. You know, I, I try to see what a person is saying absent my judgment and to let go of, of my judgment, see more in them than I am seeing by my judgment. But right, uh, right. It, it is definitely a challenge. Jake, did you want to add anything to this? No, what you're saying is true. What you're saying is true, so, yeah. Yeah, and so um, we are coming down to the li- final five minutes of our program, and we have been on for an hour and a half. It's our first hour and a half program. You do not know uh, how honored we are to have the two of you call in and participate in the show, and, and we thank you for that. Uh, if I may, I would like to lead us out in in a uh, collective consciousness moment um, that would go on to invite those who listen to us uh, archivally, uh, which is the majority of our listeners. And so I would invite everyone who is inclined, and if you're not, that's okay, don't worry about it, to reach out your dominant hand and take the hand of a listener beside you, whether they, they're now or in the future, together we are united already in spirit and in mind. And let us then take your other hand and reach out and take the hand of God as you understand God to be. So that you will be holding the hand of a listener on one side and that listener will be holding the hand of God as he understands God to be and you will be holding the hand of God as you understand God to be. And together we're going to form this circle of humans and gods, and it's going to grow because God is one God, and it's going to become this glistening circle of minds focused on helping our fellow human beings and ourselves to learn to love and to treat others with love and caring and companionship. We live in a world as it is, as we're sitting in this circle. We live in a world where people do not have enough food and there are not enough jobs in some instances for people to work to get enough food. And that's a statement that's not only true for uh, what we used to call third world countries, but that's something true for industrialized nations. We have people without shelter. We have people without food. We have people without spiritual support in the sense of someone just saying, good job today, without recognizing their unique value in the whole scheme of things, and that together we are all one. And let us breathe together as one being and send out love and hope for mankind because it is only through a collective combined effort that we can ever change the circumstance we are in. We are in a circumstance where we judge those who don't work, yet we don't have jobs for those who can't work. We are in a circumstance where we judge those who don't eat and can't feed their kids, yet there is no job to enable them to do that, and there is not enough food being given away to facilitate that. We live in a world of judgment and condemnation where people who are even doing the right thing are being judged as not enough, and we seem to think that we have a right to tell others who to be. So now let us join our breaths 
together and know that each of us is enough. That there is enough. And that our kind acts are going to multiply as we show respect for others, as we invite others to participate in a collective consciousness of kindness. That's all I ask. That's all I suggest from anyone is just kindness. Nothing else. No word that needs to be used to call God something. Only kindness. One to the other, recognizing that everyone would feed their children if they could. Everyone would have a place to live if they could. Everyone, everyone is valuable. No person is not valuable. And we were advised by Jesus, if you are a Christian, to love others as you love yourself. Please don't forget the part about loving yourself today as you go forth with this energy that is created by having joined hands with God and these listeners to create a circle of love. And may that circle expand, grow. And we as a society begin awakening the knowledge within us that we are more alike than we are different. We ask these things in the name of all that is. No matter what name you use to define that being. And we ask for a reminder that we are each connected one to the other. Namaste, my friends, until we come back again next, which will probably not be next week. But until then, peace be with each of you. Thank you, and thank you for joining us. Namaste. Namaste. Namaste, Bob. Uh, We'll talk offline. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen who listen, I uh, am probably going to be out of town next week, but until next, namaste. Namaste.